Listener Production. Hello and welcome to The Briefing. Welcome to our long-time listeners, if that's you, thank you very much. And also to you, if you're a new listener, um, if you've just clicked through to The Briefing for the first time or this is your first week, I really hope you're enjoying it as we bring you the daily news, the headlines, plus a deep dive. And we'd love you to subscribe and to tell your friends about it. We'd love to grow the briefing audience. A really interesting briefing topic today. We covered this story briefly in our headlines a week ago. Then we haven't mentioned it again until now, but it is truly groundbreaking. For the first time ever in Australian history, a part of the country has decriminalised almost every popular illicit drug. It's removing those criminal penalties and the capacity to send someone to jail for the possession of a small amount of an illicit drug like ecstasy, cocaine, LSD, heroin or methamphetamine. Yeah, it's big news. We're talking about the ACT. It's Canberra, Katrina Blau's hometown. So we're going to interview the health minister from the ACT and find out how these new laws work. First, today's headlines with Rihanna Patrick. It is Thursday, the 27th of October. Inflation has reached its highest point in more than three decades at 7.3%, according to yesterday's fresh data from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. Yeah, so everyone's watching these numbers very closely because this impacts interest rates. The data from the September quarter came out yesterday and the CPI rose 1.8%, which was a bit higher than uh, markets were expecting at 1.6%. So that gets us to a total annual figure based on the September data of 7.3. So that's a very high number, the highest since the 90s. Um, So Tuesday's budget, Rihanna, you will have noticed said that inflation was forecast to peak in the next quarter, the December quarter, at 7.75. But if it's gone 0.2% higher this quarter, that means it could get to 8%, which would be a really scary number. And I guess one of the biggest talking points was energy prices going up um, in the budget. So 20% this year and 30% next year. That won't help inflation either. No, and of course the high gas uh, spot price triggered by Russia's invasion of the Ukraine is a key driver mm. of this. And I mean, like everyone, Tom, I'm sure you're thinking about it too. The mm. last thing you want to think about is energy going up as well. Well, more than it already has, which has been, you know, by a very significant amount. Bruce Learman's lawyers have accused the former Prime Minister Scott Morrison of prejudicing uh, Bruce Learman's trial because of a speech where Scott Morrison apologised in Parliament to Brittany Higgins. Uh, This was in February and she was sitting in the gallery for the speech. So this has come out in a newly released judgment that took place back in April where Lehman's lawyers tried and failed to gain a permanent stay order on the case because of the ex-Prime Minister's apology. Lehman's lawyers said the effect elevated the complainant to a status she should not have had for the purpose of the trial. But the judge found it was not enough to grant a permanent stay. And yesterday we learned the jury still haven't been able to reach a unanimous verdict. They will continue their deliberations again today. And Bruce Lehman has pleaded not guilty to the one count of sexual intercourse without consent. There's been outrage online after the WA Police Commissioner said it was too early to speculate on the motive of a vicious attack that resulted in the death of Aboriginal teenager Cassius Turvey. We're not operating on any principles of racism or motivation at this point other than to say we believe there was a damage incident that occurred and that resulted in the murder of of a very young boy. 
So that was Cole Blanche, the police commissioner on 6PR radio yesterday. So the 15-year-old was walking to the shops after school with his 14-year-old best friend and two 13-year-old cousins when a car full of men allegedly shouted racial abuse, told the boys to run and then began beating them and Cassius Turvey died 10 days later in hospital. So for the police commissioner to come out and say it might not be racism, that's really angered supporters who say that this was a racist attack. Yeah, and a 21-year-old has since faced court charged with murder where the question of motivation will be answered during the trial. And the Indigenous netballer at the centre of the Gina Reinhart sponsorship controversy has made her debut for the Diamonds, our national netball team, and the good news is Donnell Wallam has had a blinder of a match against England overnight. She scored eight goals, including the match-winning goal in the final seconds. She finds proud Wallam to win it for Australia. Could you have written that if you tried? Yeah, that audio from Fox Sports. And it was Wallam's concerns about Hancock prospecting that sparked the end of the $15 million sponsorship, which put her under extraordinary pressure coming into these games. Yeah, well, with all that coverage, the media coverage, plus actually losing the money and the intensity of that dispute, um, there were reports that she was doing it really tough. So for her to come out on the field and not let the pressure diminish her performance is just incredible. So it's a, it's a good sign that she has a bright future as a player. And sad news for Whovians. Uh, for five decades, Doctor Who has been shown on the ABC in Australia, but that will end with the BBC striking a deal with Disney+. Plus. So Doctor Who is going behind a paywall. That's devastating. It is, and considering that the ABC was one of the first and longest broadcasters outside of the UK to take this show on back when it first started, I can only expect that Whovians will not be happy about this. I'm not even sure if I will sign up to a Disney Plus just to watch Doctor Who, to be honest. This is probably not a spoiler for those that have seen the most recent episode, but former Time Lord David Tennant is back and he will be back for three special episodes as part of the 60th anniversary in November next year and that's before sex education star Shudi Gatwa takes over as the 15th Doctor. I was probably actually thinking of tuning back in for the first time since I was like 12 to see Shudi Gatwa <laughs> take yeah. the role because he's such a such an awesome actor um, but it's mm. going behind the paywall, no way. I don't know what this is going to do to the show. Um, I guess those will say, well, if you're a real Whovian, you'll sign up to Disney+. Plus." But I've got to be honest, um, I have been a fan since I was very, very tiny when it was classic Who into new Who, and I'm not even sure that I want to play for Disney+, Plus, even to see the first full-time Black Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have some hard decisions coming up, I think. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you tomorrow, Rihanna. Katrina Blouse is about to join me to talk about the ACT's bold new drug policy. So, Katrina Blouse, you used to be a bit embarrassed about where you came from, didn't you? Yeah, okay. So I grew up in Canberra, which uh, I, I was born in Queensland and then my parents went on a working holiday around Australia and they stayed in Canberra for one night. We camped there 
and we just never left. And I have no idea what my parents saw in Canberra. Of course, now as an adult, I go back there and I'm like, this place is amazing. But as a teenager growing up there, it was really boring. And I, of course, have copped so much flack over the years for growing up in what people call the most boring city in Australia. But of course, Tom, it is now one of the most progressive cities Mm. in Australia, if not the most progressive city. Yeah, well, it certainly is on drug policy. So they allowed the personal use of cannabis a long time ago. Um, More recently, we did a story here on The Briefing about them starting up a fixed site pill testing centre in in the city. And they've also allowed pill testing at music festivals. And now they've passed legislation decriminalising small amounts of illicit drugs like cocaine, heroin, speed. Yeah, so this is pretty huge. Under this new law, which comes into effect in October next year, people found with amounts of certain drugs considered to be a personal possession. So that is smaller than trafficable quantities. They'd be subject to a civil fine of 100 bucks rather than criminal charges. They'd also be referred to counselling. So the threshold for this is 1.5 grams of drugs like MDMA, meth and cocaine, one gram of heroin and 0.001 gram of LSD and uh, 50 grams, which is quite a bit of cannabis. Yeah, so as you can imagine, these are bold reforms, so they've attracted a bit of criticism, particularly from the Liberals, the opposition in the ACT. They've already said they'll move to repeal the law, but they don't have that much power in the parliament. So one of the chief advocates of these reforms is the ACT Health Minister, Rachel Stephen-Smith, who joins us now on The Briefing. Rachel, thanks for joining us. Why have you made this big change to your drug laws? I think it's really interesting because in one way it's a big change. We're the first in Australia to decriminalise the possession of small amounts of a range of illicit drugs. In another way, it's actually an incremental change. We know the National Drug Strategy has a policy of harm minimisation, which includes harm reduction, which means treating the use and um, dependence on illicit drugs as a health issue, not a criminal one. And this really reflects, in many ways, the way that policing already treats people who are in possession of small amounts of drugs if they believe that those drugs are only there for personal use. But it really sends a message to the community that we understand that where we really need to be targeting our policing efforts is on drug trafficking and dealing. And for those people who are dependent on drugs or who are using drugs and not doing any harm to anyone else, we need to treat that as a health issue, not a criminal one. Decriminalisation is obviously different to legalisation. So how will these reforms work in practice? And I understand you'll still get a fine if you get arrested with a quantity of drugs under these thresholds. That's right. So absolutely it's not legalisation, but it's removing those criminal penalties and the capacity to send someone to jail for the possession of a small amount of an illicit drug like ecstasy, cocaine, LSD, heroin or methamphetamine. So what the bill does, it's introduced the concept of a simple drug offence notice, which will mean police can issue a $100 fine to people of any age who are apprehended in possession of small amounts of nine listed illicit drugs rather than charging them to appear in court. It also reduces the penalty if they are charged. The maximum penalty is a $160 fine. So we've got these thresholds, which is 1.5 grams for a lot of the categories like cocaine, MDMA, methamphetamine, psilocybin. Um, Obviously, it's more for marijuana. But 
you're saying that even above that, um, the criminal penalties have been reduced. So there's another threshold, obviously, where it's deemed a trafficking quantity. Is that right? Can you explain the difference there? Yeah, that's right. There is a threshold amount in both ACT and Commonwealth legislation where above that amount, someone can automatically be charged with a trafficking offence. So essentially the assumption is if you have that much of the drug on your person, there's no other reason that you would have it other than if you were trafficking or dealing. Right. If that's too much to be deemed to be for personal use. So what's that Below threshold that in amount, the ACT? Uh, so for the ACT, for example, for cocaine, it's six grams. For heroin, it's five grams. For methamphetamine, it's six grams. For MDMA, it's 10 grams. But the Commonwealth quantities are different. And one of the things we had to take into account in deciding the quantities for the simple drug offence notice was for most drugs, we didn't want them to be above the Commonwealth trafficking amount because that creates significant issues for policing. The only exception to that is for MDMA, where the Commonwealth trafficking amount is very, very low at 0.5 grams. And even police think that that is too low to be the trafficking amount. Okay. So does that mean you, you won't go to jail even if you have all the way up to one of these trafficking quantities for these drugs? Oh, you can still go to jail. It's just reduced from a maximum of two years to a maximum okay. of six months. So how did you decide on the personal thresholds of, of 1.5 grams for cocaine, meth, MDMA? Because that's still a lot. If you took all of that, say, of meth in, in a short space of time, you could potentially kill yourself. So how did you choose that threshold? We really looked at the evidence, the evidence that comes from national surveys and ACT data within that. The work that our health officials do with people who have lived experience of drug and alcohol use, in this case illicit drug use, the organisations that work with people who use illicit drugs and provide treatment and support to them, but also ACT policing. We know that these are around the amounts that are most likely to be found by ACT policing on people, and they usually are issuing drug diversion notices to people who are carrying this kind of quantity anyway. A lot of the people who've spoken out against these reforms are saying that it will lead to an increase in drug use and encourage more people to take up recreational drugs. How do you know that that's not going to happen? There's no real evidence from other jurisdictions that that is the case. And we've even got an example here in the ACT. A couple of years ago, we fully decriminalised the possession of small amounts of cannabis for personal use and the growing of a small number of cannabis plants in the ACT. And people said exactly the same thing there. The Canberra Liberals, the Federal Police Association expressed significant concern that we would see a very large increase in people using cannabis. It just hasn't happened. Let's try to get some support and treatment for those people to overcome their dependence on the drugs rather than treating them as criminals, which causes further harm. And particularly, you know, one of the points people have made is, oh, well, people very rarely go to jail just for a personal possession offence of these small amounts. Well, that's true. But even if they don't go to jail, if they have a criminal record, that haunts them for the rest of their life. That's really mm. damaging. Yeah, but if that's the, the case, that, you know, there was a chance of getting a criminal record, surely those laws at least scared off a few people from tanking drugs. Are you saying they had no impact whatsoever? I don't know that I'd say they have no impact whatsoever, but we certainly see that people take drugs, including young people who experiment with drugs. And when we do surveys, so many people will respond and say, yes, I have used an illicit substance at some point in my life. 
and usually when they're young and they're experimenting. And the fact that it's illegal doesn't stop them doing that experimentation. Mm. What it may stop them doing is seeking help if something goes wrong. And that's what's really scary for families. Mm. The idea that a young person might not seek help when something goes wrong because they're afraid of having a criminal record. Yeah, that's a really good point. But I still imagine even though that a lot of people weren't scared off by the criminalisation and still took drugs, there would have been some where that might have been the the threshold of their decision-making of whether or not they they took illicit drugs, Maybe, maybe not in a sort of once or twice experimental kind of situation, but on an ongoing basis and thereby, you know, changing the laws the way you are, surely for some people that might mean they're more relaxed about taking drugs. It may mean that for some people, there's no real evidence in other jurisdictions that this kind of decriminalisation, which is really an incremental step, Mm. as I say, changes that behaviour. And I think we just have to look at things like tobacco smoking, where it is legal to smoke cigarettes, but fewer and fewer people actually do it because they understand the harms that are associated with it. So we've also reported on the briefing that the ACT is leading the way on drug testing as well. And of course, you've got your fixed testing site in the city, plus you facilitate it at music festivals. So how does all that work in with these new decriminalisation measures? It's very much complementary. So I just talked about the three pillars of harm minimisation. So we've got supply reduction, demand reduction, and this is about harm reduction. So this is about recognising that people will use drugs despite the fact that it's not legal and reducing the harm associated with that. So what to expect when you take the drug, how long it might take to take effect, for example. And so if it hasn't taken effect after five minutes, Don't think it hasn't worked and start taking more because actually you might not feel the impact for 15 Mm. minutes. If people are novice drug users, they don't necessarily know that. Yeah, or they might find it's very pure and they better be really careful about how much they take. Yeah. I imagine that the decriminalisation measures will probably make people feel more comfortable about carrying their drugs around and going to the testing site. Now, I know, you know, there's an agreement with police that they weren't going to be busting people walking in and out of that site. But is that what you expect, that the decriminalisation will will increase the popularity of the testing and make more people feel comfortable about using that? Yeah, it certainly is a very complementary measure from that perspective. And we work very closely with policing when we're implementing these things. But one of the things we've had to do in terms of the drug checking site is make sure that it is co-located with health services so that policing can't form a reasonable suspicion when someone walks into the centre that they are carrying drugs on their person. Just one last question. There were some drugs you didn't include on this list, the list where you can carry these um, personal quantities, but you did leave meth on there. And that's obviously a very destructive and addictive drug. Why are you letting people take meth? Why didn't you cut that off the list? Well, as you said, it's a highly addictive drug and it's also a drug that's used by some of the most vulnerable people in our community. We recognise and we understand why people have concerns, but from a social justice perspective, ensuring that those people who are dependent on a very damaging drug that is highly addictive and who are some of the most vulnerable people in our community get that support that is treating their dependence as a health issue rather than a criminal one was absolutely vital. That was the ACT's Health Minister, Rachel Stephen-Smith. And 
It will be interesting to see if any other states or the Northern Territory follow suit here. I imagine that would be a long, long time away. I think they'll be watching super, super closely, but you'd want to see the data for this. And I think that would take time. I think they'd want to be seeing that data over a number of years. So you're absolutely right. I don't think this is anything we're going to see in any other states anytime soon. But in practice, some of the various police forces across those jurisdictions almost operate in this way in principle, where they mm. they don't put as much resource into policing, you know, personal amounts of possession and, and really do target the, the traffickers. What they've done in the ACT is almost a formalisation of that process, plus making sure that anyone that does get caught gets connected to health services. Yeah, and diminishing the social shame of that. Like, we're guilty of, you know, anyone sort of with a reasonable profile, we slap them in the newspaper or mm. put them on TV, even if they have been busted for a very small quantity of, of illicit drugs. It is newsworthy. So it takes away that. And even if it's something that you've done once or twice, it could potentially ruin your whole career. So that's something that will no longer happen in the ACT. Listener.